Hey, welcome to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. Uh, we, we, we like to bring stories of hope. We have an awesome one today. So we have Mandy Kilgore, the President and Chief Goodness Officer of Huntsville Community of Hope. Mandy, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. And um, I really like your title right there. I, mm. I put on my business card as Director of Awesome on my business card, so respect. Really? Yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of anyone that thinks outside of the box as far as titles are concerned. Right. Um, if you get to make up your own, man, why don't you make up a cool one, right? Exactly. So Chief Goodness Officer and then yours. They're incredible. Oh, there you go. So Huntsville Community Hope. We'll get into that a little bit later. But first, let's talk about where'd you grow up? So I am from Gadsden, uh, Alabama, and it is about an hour and a half south from here on 431 straight shot. Uh, so it doesn't take very long to get there, but I grew up in Gadsden um, okay. in the south side area. It's a much, much smaller town. Um, so yeah. yeah, Gadsden. What kind of kid were you growing up? What were you into growing up? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, a lot of the things that uh, kids can't do now. Um, playing out in the woods and we didn't have cell phones back then and so we would be gone for hours and your parents would have to call around to different parents houses to say hey have you seen Mandy and they would be like oh yeah they were just over here getting some lemonade and there was no there was it was such a more free spirit then you know there was no um, restrictions like you feel now as a parent I'm a mom of four um, my two younger ones are 11 and six. And while I still have that free spirit, I still have a little bit of anxiety when it comes to where are they going? Who are they going to be with? Where, what, what area does this look like? There's the world is a different place now than when we grew up as kids, but absolutely, um, yeah. yeah. I remember that too, growing up and just, you know, I have a 15 year old and he's like six, five. We're still like, is he okay when he's out there? Like man, he's a giant. He'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So it's a different world for sure. We, and my wife and I get worried too. Like we haven't seen him for a little while, but he, he and he has a cell phone. We can keep up with it. But yeah, I agree with that. It was, I, think it's, I think we had the advantage growing up. Totally had the advantage. Um, and I think that that plays a lot into the different things that we see throughout our world today. You know, they're growing up in a different environment altogether. Um, and as we were chatting earlier about positivity, you know, they're, they're growing up in a much more negative environment now um, than we have ever seen before. And so we have to do a really good job of, of, you know, ushering that positivity aspect into their lives daily. We try really, really hard to do that in a variety of different ways. And so um, our crew uh, here in Huntsville, we love to go out and spend time in Big Spring Park and go to the food truck festivals and Montesano, hiking, biking, you name it. That's what we love to do here in the Huntsville area. We're in an awesome area for sure. So, oh, gosh, yes, the so, best. Uh, Community Hope is all about helping the homeless. We'll get into that in a second. But how did you first get involved in working with the homeless? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. This is one of my most favorite stories to share. Um, while I was living here in Huntsville, I was working for another group that in short has dental practices all over the United States. And there were some dental offices in the Dallas, Texas area. And so I, would, I was living here in Huntsville with my family, but I would fly to Dallas and live out there for two weeks um, and help clean up the dental clinics and all those things. And one of the clinics that we had, Joe, was um, in a, it was a homeless dental clinic. And so that was my first experience with homelessness altogether. Um, you asked earlier about my hometown, and I've really reflected on that recently. And in the Gadsden area, you never really saw homelessness. As a child growing up, I remember driving in the back of my parents' minivan and looking out the window, and I would never see what we see today, um, the typical person walking around um, with a backpack or my favorite way to identify a homeless friend is usually if they have a bicycle they'll have a plastic 
garbage bag over their seat to protect it from rain so they don't have to sit on a wet seat. I never saw any of that growing up. Yeah. Um, and so when I started flying out to Dallas and working in that dental clinic, and to be clear, I know nothing about den dentistry. I don't, I'm not a hygienist or anything like that. I just kind of worked in the office and um, and I oversaw the operations, the daily operations in that clinic. But I started developing relationships with our homeless friends. And, and that happened by them even telling a joke. Like they would say, oh, Mandy, I'm here to get my one tooth cleaned for the day. And I'm like, ha, 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 that's so funny. You know, and we said so we started de developing those relationships. And I would fly back to Huntsville and then fly back to Dallas. And as that occurred, first and foremost, I, I miss our mountains. I love our mountain area um, in Dallas. It's flat as a pancake. So I always was homesick for that to come back to Huntsville, but um, I noticed that I started missing those relationships that I was building with these beautiful people that I never knew existed um, growing up. You know, even my college years, I didn't notice homeless people. Um, and so I started looking for the camps here in Huntsville and came over the top of 565 like most of us do today. And we'll see what we like to call Tent City. Um, and so that is something that, you know, was on my heart is how do I continue those relationships here when I'm home? Um, and that stint with Dallas eventually faded out. Um, we got those clinics up and running. And so there's no need to go back to Dallas. And so since that time, and that's been about 10 years ago, I've been working homeless ministry since then in a variety of different ways. Street ministry um, is what got me started. And that's just basically serving the camps, hot food, propane, um, winter necessities, things of that nature. And then of course, summer necessities in the summer months is so hot and humid. Yep. I mean, we haven't hit that 90 degree mark as much as we typically do, but the humidity mm -hmm. um, and the mosquitoes and the flies and all of that that comes with that. So we would service those needs for quite some time. Wow. So that kind of led you where you are today. So tell us about Community of Hope. I'm really excited about your, your vision and mission with this thing. So tell the people about that. Yeah, so we actually, um, from a street ministry perspective, noticed that our city is a very loving, kind, generous, amazing community um, that at times would sometimes overserve. Um, and that's been a, top of, a topic of conversation with a lot of our street ministries. Um, and a good example of that is like on a Saturday or Sunday, I would be out um, really just working on building relationships. That's one thing that we do at Community of Hope is build relationships. Um, but we noticed when I went out one day, there was six, seven, eight, nine groups on a Saturday serving the same camp. Um, and so at that moment, I felt a call to take a step back um, and to look at a bigger picture. And then we started lifting friends up off the streets. Um, in fact, we do have one resident, he's a veteran. He is a Navy SEAL. Um, we love to call him our salty sailor because he can get a bit ornery at times. Um, he's in always good fun. You know, he's he just loves to jab and give us a hard time. And, you know, we have a great relationship with Ricky. But um, when we try to lift him up, Joe, um, off, off of homes into a home that was $650 a month, that was really a slumlord type of situation, we discovered that Huntsville, Alabama has a gap and a gap in providing permanent affordable housing that our friends from the streets can afford. And so that's really where our community of hope was born. When we put Ricky into that home, that terrible, terrible home where it was, um, it was really tough. There were roaches everywhere, holes in the floor. Um, it, there was, it was not a safe neighborhood for him to be in, for us to be in, you know, serving and volunteering. 
Um, and it was tough for us to accept that. And so we continued to take further steps back and look at the bigger picture of homelessness in Huntsville. And we were like, all right, this is it. We're going to have to work on filling this gap, which is the affordable permanent housing gap that we have. Um, and when I say that, from our research, we're talking about the $350 to $450 a month price point. Um, there's not an apartment in the city that you can find for $350 to $450 a month. And if you do find it, you probably don't want to be there. Right. So that's what Community of Hope is. We are a, imagine a 50-acre master planned community built. Um, a lot of questions that come back at us is, is this safe? Um, there's a lot of discussion about NIMBY, not in my backyard. Uh, we don't want a homeless village in our backyard. But this is something uh, that I want to kind of set the precedence with that is beautiful, uh, safe, affordable, gated, um, beautifully architectured homes. Um, so this is not a shanty or a shack or a makeshift or an overnight idea um, of how to help the homeless. We put a lot of thought into this project and we're very, very excited about it. But back to the Imagine, Imagine 50 acres, uh, up to 250 tiny homes. We're really looking at the numbers right now. It's very hard because COVID, there was not a point in time count done this past year due to COVID. So we're uncertain of our current statistics and our current numbers. Um, but we're, we're projecting up to 250 tiny homes right now. And then amazing fun things like we'll provide jobs on site um gardens orchards all kinds of amazing amenities that our friends um, will be able to reach a holistic approach including health uh, and wellness mental health things of that nature so this is a really exciting um, opportunity for us to work together and, and solve uh, part of a problem that we're seeing here in Huntsville one of the things I love that you guys talk about is it's not a handout, it's a hand up. They're not just, hey, here's your house, you're going, you're expected to do certain things. So tell us about what they're expected to do. Yeah, well, the first and foremost, pay rent. Um, and if they don't have the means to do that, we're going to help them get there. Because at the end of the day, we talk a lot about dignity. Um, and this is something that you and I find in our daily regimen that makes us feel good about ourselves yeah wake up early in the morning we eat breakfast we get our coffee and then what do we do joe we gotta work gotta go to work we gotta go to work um go to work you earn a dignified living you come home you feel good about that because you've been able to be a provider for your family for yourself you can have nice things in your home etc um and that that brings a certain balance in life that's so positive it feels so good to be able to do those things and so we want to restore that um, and help restore that to our friends who have suffered tremendous loss, tremendous pain, um, catastrophic loss of family, whatever you want to call that. We want to restore that and restore dignity. So they have to pay rent. Um, and again, if they can't, a lot of our friends and one of our stereotypes is, um, well, they don't, they don't have money, but a lot of our friends do. They have disability. They have our veterans. Uh, Ricky, who I talked about, Ricky has, we do not provide any income for Ricky for his rent. We just provided the vessel for him to pay rent. Mm -hmm. And so Ricky lives in a place now where he pays his own rent. We just helped get that house so that he could pay rent, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So that's our big thing. Um, and if they, if they don't have social security disability VA check, then we will work with them through our restoration works programs, which is jobs on site. 
so that they can work and earn a dignified living to pay rent. That's awesome. And, and the homes are going to be set up where it's a community. It's not just, hey, your house is way over there. It's community-based. Tell us what all would be on the grounds. Yeah, so we have um, a lot of different things that we're looking at. In fact, just today, maybe an hour ago before uh, you and I had the chance to speak, we got our second version from an architect. We have a master planner uh, that's here in the Huntsville area. He's been doing this work, planning multi-use developments for a long time. But he has walked the grounds of the land that we're looking at, and he... Um, has laid out what this community is going to look at based off of what we're sharing with him verbally. So this will have the homes that we talked about, the jobs um, that we've talked about, and a couple of ideas about what those jobs look like, woodworking, blacksmithing, an art studio. A lot of our friends on the streets are so talented. They have so many different things that they're really, really good at. A lot of that is woodworking. I have had friends that have made me hiking sticks that would blow your mind. And they sit there and they carve and they whittle and they do all these amazing things. And But yet they have nothing to do with those products. So we want to provide an avenue where they can sell their products um, to you. For example, Joe, if you wanted to come out to Community of Hope, you could shop in our general store and say, oh my gosh, I love this hiking stick. I have to have it. When you purchase that hiking stick, that hiking stick would go towards... Um, Joe, can you hear, hear me still? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. All right, my screen just timed out, so I can't see you anymore. One second. Where did it go? Can you still see me? Yeah, if I can see, hear you, I can hear you, see you, you're good. All right, how about I just continue? Is that okay? Yeah, you're good. You were on a roll, by the way. Keep it going. Oh, no. <laughs> so if they buy, that, my they buy that walking um, stick, and it will go to the person that created that walking stick. Is that how it works? Yes. Um, and so all that, those proceeds from that hiking stick will go right back to the person that made it. Um, so those will be some of the jobs that we have on site. And then we're going to have a lot of community based things that you will find. So community kitchens, um, community bathhouses, um, those will be front porch living. I want to bring that up. We want to design a community where our friends are very comfortable with walking out of the front door and engaging in community again. We don't want to build a village where they feel like they can go and isolate in a certain place. We want to re-engage them back into community so that they can become comfortable with that element um, once again. And so that uh, is, is kind of the overview. Now, as far as uh, enticing things for the city of Huntsville and Madison County, we want to have a place where the community feels very comfortable in coming in and volunteering. Um, this is a very family safe place so you can bring your children. Um, we will have a community cinema and plan to have like a, a movie night on Fridays where your family can come into our community of hope and watch a movie for free on Friday night and then turn around and go to a food truck who is manned by uh, once chronically homeless, uh, former, formerly homeless, that's sometimes hard to say, um, but they will be residents there. And when you pay for your food and services, that again, will go back to earning a dignified income. And then we'll also have gardens on site, which we're very, very excited about too. We'll have a variety of different things that you could imagine from a garden perspective, as well as orchards. And again, Joe, like you coming out on a Saturday, um, as we typically do as Huntsvillians, and go to different farmer's markets, we would love for you to come out to the farmer's market at Community of Hope um, and purchase items there. And again, going towards someone else's dignified, earning a dignified income. 
Man, that sounds amazing. That sounds I know. We're so excited. (laughs) So uh, you mentioned it earlier. What are some more uh, common myths and kind of stereotypes that people do have about the homeless? Oh, gosh. Um, So I would say, first and foremost, that they choose to be homeless. Uh, Lazy. uh, They're all drug addicts. Um, They're all addicted to alcohol. Uh, They don't want to work. Um, Those are some of the things that we hear on a daily basis. And how are you guys working to kind of overcome that? What do you guys do uh, to kind of help get those myths expelled? Yeah, it's really just like an educational piece. Um, We post a lot of information on our social media. Um, You'll hear uh, those of us that are a part of Community of Hope consistently working with others to break down those stereotypes. Um, We too plan to have a podcast like I shared with you earlier uh, and inviting our homeless friends to come and be a part of that so they can share their story. A lot of the times that you'll learn um, if drugs and alcohol are involved, which more than likely sometimes they are. Um, But if you think about it and put yourself in a homeless camp in Huntsville, Alabama, could you survive there day after day after day without some type of mind-altering um, substance. I'm not sure um, because it's very much like a third world country when you're out there. Um, they're very dirty camps. The camps are, they don't have um, bathrooms. So uh, as you could imagine, or if you can't imagine, they use five gallon buckets um, to handle all of that waste. Um, they don't always have access to trash cans and things of that nature. So it, it's just, it's a tough life out there. They don't have running water. They don't have a place to wash their hands. Um, and so it gets a little frustrating, you know, on that end of things, as far as the camps are concerned. Yeah. Like things we take for granted, like air conditioning right now, it's pretty <sighs> awesome. Wouldn't that be pretty awesome to have air conditioning? I mean, you, you know, I've learned some things along the way and, and every time my air conditioning clicks on, you know, you can hear that noise. Um, and some people, sometimes people pay attention to it and sometimes they don't, but from serving the streets and being out there with them, especially on these hot, humid summer days, like I was talking about earlier, it's so dang hot. Um, and then you, it rains and rains and rains and it stops raining and then the heat level goes up um, and you just feel like you're in a sauna all day long. But every time I'm at home and my air conditioner clicks on, I hear it and I pray. <laughs> I pray for our homeless friends um, that are on the streets that don't have that luxury right now. And um, to be honest, every time I turn my water on, I think about the same thing. And um, there's a couple of other ticks throughout the day for me that a, sh- a shower. Oh my gosh. Every time I'm in the shower, I think our friends don't have access to showers um, on a daily basis. There's There's been friends that I've had conversations with that have been six, eight, 12 months, scary to say, but no shower um, right here in Huntsville. And most of these friends, uh, and I live in the downtown area close to Parkway Place Mall, but the, the camps are like six minutes from the house. So um, that's another thing, you know, that I, I constantly deal with. Um, a lot of people that I have meetings with, they don't get to see our homeless friends or homeless population um, all that often. And uh, while that is somewhat of a scary thing, it's also a good thing. It shows that our homeless population is in check and we're not as bad as an Austin, Texas or San Francisco, California, but it also, you know, we need to create that awareness that it is a growing problem. And as our beautiful, gorgeous city continues to grow in population uh, projected to be the number one city in the state of Alabama, our homeless population will also grow. Sure. So 
Yeah, we you have mentioned, a lot to work on. Yeah, you mentioned Austin, Texas, and you guys have kind of modeled your, what you're doing after what they're doing. So it is a successful model. It has worked. So you tell people a little about what they're doing, how, how you guys are going to be like that. Yeah. So I mean, back to the Ricky story that I was sharing earlier, when we got so frustrated with putting him in that house, we were not happy with it. We were not okay with it, but we had no other options. Um, I was experienced a, a series of frustrations um, with our homeless friends and finding permanent housing. And one day, Joe, I was scrolling through my social media and this video pops up and it's Community First Village out in Austin, Texas. They're our dear friends. Uh, we stay in frequent contact with those guys. But um, I, when I saw that, I had a, an epiphany moment um, of, oh my gosh, this is it. How can we do this? How can we recreate this? And so our entire team uh, went out to Austin in 2018 and we attended a symposium. Uh, they opened their books and they teach us everything that we need to know about replicating their model. Um, and that's what we're doing. So uh, that's exciting because one, we're not cutting our teeth on this. Two, we have a proven successful model um, that works so well that we can replicate right here. Um, and three, it's community-based. Um, so one thing that we haven't talked about that I wanted to share is we'll have missionals on site. Um, and what that means is envision a missionary that goes to another place, another country to provide support um, in whatever manner that happens to be. Um, we will have people that live on site at Community of Hope that provides that support. And for us, that looks like day-to-day -day walkings with a homeless friend to help restore that dignity, um, to help restore the trust uh, that they've lost through losing family, losing friends, sabotaging family, sabotaging friends, whatever that looks like for them, we want to restore that connection um, and be a group of people that they can trust again so that they can begin to heal. Um, and so we will have those missionals that live on site. Um, and one thing that I want to share is that they also will pay rent. So we invite people to come alongside us and hang out, live in Community of Hope for at least a minimum of a year. Um, while you're there, you do pay rent, but you get a gorgeous opportunity to serve the underserved um, and to really make a difference in, in homelessness. Wow. That's cool. So people are all excited. How can they get involved? How can people get involved? Well, first and foremost, I, I would love to point you to either our social media platform, Huntsville Community of Hope, or our website, which is www.hsvcommunityofhope.org. Um, or you can just Google search Huntsville Community of Hope. But we have a volunteer form uh, right there that's ready to roll. We have a phone number that you can call us if you would prefer to call us um, or an email address uh, that you can reach out to us. Um, it's got videos that we've shared um, some, of some previous things and all types of media. It gives a little bit more about the history. Um, we've been doing this. It was formed as a 501c in 2019. So we've been doing this for quite some time. Um, and our next big steps for us is, is purchasing that land. And so that is our, our current period that we're in right now is, is strictly fundraising and networking and marketing are the, the main areas that we're working on right now. And then once we have that land, oh my gosh, Joe, it's gonna, the gates are gonna open wide up. We'll start that gardening program right out of the gates. Um, we're working on some really strong connections with other places that can provide jobs on site. Um, we, one thing that I love about our group is that we are not, we, we do not 
come across as the expert in every field. Um, so some things that I mentioned, like mental health, we are not experts in mental health, but we have some mental health experts here in town. And so we're inviting, inviting those mental health experts to come and be a part of Community of Hope um, and do what they do best within Community of Hope. And the same thing is true for the um, different jobs that we had mentioned, uh, the, he the health piece, we're inviting people to come out and help serve in that capacity, um, the animal husbandry piece, inviting people to come out and serve in that capacity. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and it's truly a community-based um, approach with, with you all there. We need you. Um, we need you out there to be a part of this because this is, is the game changer for homelessness in Huntsville. It's been such a talked about um, quote unquote issue for our community and Community of Hope has, we have a way to solve it uh, in our own way. So we're very excited about that. I think people see where they can just pool their resources and see what you guys are doing, come alongside. I think we got a we can make it happen here in Huntsville. Like you said, there's so many people out there that want to help. If we could just get all going the same direction with this thing, magic can happen, right? Totally. Um, there's so many groups that are serving the streets and that is, I want to be clear that's such a need and they're fulfilling such a need. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that those basic needs are met on a daily basis. Us at Community of Hope realized that they were being met. And so that's where we could take a step back uh, and work on, on Community of Hope. But we still have so many others that are interested in homelessness altogether. Um, so all of the corporations in the town, our political entities, all of that stuff, if we could all come together like we talked about and serve together, Community of Hope could become a reality much, much faster. Um, our land purchase is one, it's a million, to be honest, it's a little bit less than a million. Okay. And when I tell my friends out in Austin that who have spent millions and millions of dollars on, on property, they're like, oh my gosh, it's just, it's just a million dollars. And I'm like, yes, it's only a million dollars. So I think that we can do it. Um, we have a very, we're very rich in amenities here in Huntsville. So I definitely think that we can do it. That's exciting. I want people to get to know more about yourself since you're, you know, you're, you're kind of the face of this thing. So I want people to know more about you. So what makes you mad? Oh, gosh, Joe, really? Um, to be honest, the political environment really, really can get me going. Um, it's, it's such a volatile area right now. And, and I won't get in, in the midst of it. But one thing that I will share that it's very hurts my heart daily is to see the commentary, regardless of what side that you're on, if you're pro or against um, whatever the topic is, how mean people are being to each other. And, um, I, you know, that gets under my skin. I can't look at it for too long because I'll, I'll, I'll get a little upset too and I have to step away. Um, so the political environment right now is my number one, but my number two um, is stereotypes. And it's not that I get mad about it, but it's really just that it's a challenge to me, if that makes sense. Like I want to kind of break down that imagery and mold it and turn it into something that makes more sense. It's more palatable um, that people can actually, you know, their heartstrings are pulled in these stories and it makes more sense. It's not just about, um, you know, Ricky, the alcoholic, it's Ricky lost his second wife and threw everything that he had at it financially to see her, see her through her treatment, but it still ended up in, in him losing her. And so through that, he became homeless. Um, so that's what we want to do as far as stereotypes are concerned. Yeah, it's, it's easy to judge when you don't know someone's story. So uh, yeah. just uh, just don't read the comments. So that's your that's my advice to you. Don't read the comments. That'll make your life a whole lot better. So, it will. Um, so what's your what's your guilty pleasure? Oh, so my husband, Chaz and I, we love to cook. Um, absolutely love to cook. We love to host. And uh, my favorite, favorite store. It's not here, but it's in Albert Bowl. 
it's the uh, Tienda Latina. And so Hispanic um, products and Latina products are my favorite. Um, and so we cook a lot of Mexican uh, at the house and I love to get uh, insane like Kamal. I, I don't know if you've ever cooked with a Kamal before, but it's a, um, it's a round thing where you can do your corn tortillas on the top, but you can do different meats um, and vegetables there and all that goodness soaks up together with rice and it's it's really just amazing so I love to find creative ways to cook and that's my I love cooking shows we do all kinds of cooking relating things around this I've never heard of them. I need one of those now so I got to go buy you one that sounds actually awesome. I found them at um Am uh, not Amazon you can buy them there too but Academy Academy has wow. them I know <laughs> I, I bought mine in the Mexican grocery store but you can buy yours at Academy Cool. Is that all that Dallas influence on you? Did you get hooked down there? Yeah, well, yes. And then there's that authentic aspect too, like in Dallas and Austin, there's more of an authentic taste. And so um, my favorite, and I just did it the other day, but El Cazador on, on Governor's, yeah. um, the bus, it's just my favorite. It's just the street tacos with nothing more than your meat and then onions and cilantro. Um, those are my favorite. Nice. So uh, what's something you failed at? This could be professionally, personally, and, and then what did you learn from it? Yeah, I, you know, I, to be honest, I fell daily. Um, I, 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 fell, I fell daily. And I think coming to the realization that that's okay. You know, I think a lot of us strive for perfection uh, daily. And that's such a hard standard. I don't know why we do that to ourselves. Um, but I think as a believer to know that, that you know, we're forgiven and, and we have that beautiful moment where you can open up your eyes the next day and start over and give it a go. Um, that, that's kind of where I'm at. My, my life cycle right now is, is, is recognizing those, um, those failures and working hard to shape that and, and change that moving forward, the things that we don't like about ourselves to, to change it to something that we do like. Um, and so that, that's me in a nutshell. It's not just a broader thing in life, but just recognizing um, you know, where you're at daily and, and pushing beyond that. Good answer. Good. That could be like one of those Miss American answers right there. That was oh cool. gosh. Yeah. No. You, you probably did pageants growing up or something. So, uh, no, no pageants. <laughs> I, I'm a tomboy. <laughs> um, I was in the trees and in, in the mud. I was, I was definitely not in dresses, <laughs> not my thing, but so, I'm, uh, yeah, nothing against those that love to do that. Everyone has their own passion. Um, but that was not me. I was, I was building forks. That's cool. You got you got the, the both ends. You could have been there, but you're in the in the tree, so that's cool. So, uh, what is what is your favorite book? How about that? Okay, so don't don't be mad at me, but I'm not a book reader. Um, I, my, I so I like to laugh and say that I have a squirrel brain. I don't know if you're familiar with people that have squirrel brains, but yeah, um, I'm more of a visionary, and so I start to read a book, and I have successfully read a couple, um, the ones that I want to read. Uh, but I will start reading something and then I'll get an idea and I can't finish. So instead, I have for you my favorite um, musicians because uh, I think lyrics, um, lyrics speaks to me on such a huge level. And in fact, I've been listening a lot to Coldplay recently, Fix You about Coldplay. Um, I, I jokingly like to say that they may not have realized that they wrote a song about the homeless, but in essence, they did. Um, and so I've been listening to Coldplay some, but my faves are uh, John Prine, Jason Isbell, Led Zeppelin, Neil, Neil Young, the band. Uh, I love so many of our 
older people, um, but newer people too. And then I just took my 11 year old and my husband and a friend um, to Susan Tedeschi and trucks, um, which is the great Derek trucks, I, just recently here in Huntsville and had a blast. And so music is more of my thing. There you go. We all got our thing, right? So that's, that's a good answer right there too. So uh, this next one, I have to read it to make sure I get it right. Cause this is probably the most important thing I've asked you all day. So, um, so would you rather talk like Yoda or breathe like Darth Vader for the rest of your life? And uh, please defend your answer when you're ready. Hmm. I would have to go with Yoda on this one. Um, I think one of my favorite quotes that I can think of from the movie, it talks about what, um, how does it go? You must unlearn what you have learned. Um, I, it's one of the most favorite ones that I have from the movie. And that wisdom, I think, that comes out in Yoda, I think is pretty, pretty fun. The Darth Vader piece, I could see that with my kids. You know, if I've had a moment where um, I've told them to do the same thing 50 times, I could probably get into that Darth Vader mode pretty quickly. But uh, if I had to be stuck with one or the other it would definitely be the wise yoda I, I would like to hang out with yoda right i love to do or do not you know no try there is no try i mean he's got some good quotes in there he so. really does and then uh, darth Vader, he just kind of like he's kind of sounds like he got sleep apnea or something like that so he does, <laughs> i don't know if that's the same thing so um so you mentioned a few words that i just want to read number one is uh your homeless you call them your homeless friends which i think language <gasps> matters so i think that's really cool that you do that uh dignity is another one that people don't really think about it's so important and then former relationships which is huge so um we're starting something new here with the relentless positivity podcast it's called the hope dealer of the month and uh, you are the inaugural winner of the hope dealer of the month so we're going to give you a hundred dollars from pat knack realty my boy teak over there is going to donate a hundred bucks However you want to use it, that's going to use. But we just want to honor you as the Hope Dealer of the Month, the very first one. How about that? Wow. What an honor. Thank you so much. I love well, that. Well, I appreciate what you're doing. I mean, it's, it's something for the community, for people that can probably never repay you. And I think that's really something awesome to do. So you, I would love to give that to you. And we'll get with you all the details on all that stuff. So thank you so much. That's awesome what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so happy to be here. All right, so we're going to do some uh, sponsors real quick, and then we'll wrap this thing up. So first of all, my, uh, my friend Dominic Garver is a mortgage lender here in town, so you can call him at 256-714-1429. He's going to give you the best rates out there. He loves working with people as well, so if you're a veteran or something like that, he specializes in working with the VA, so he's a good dude on that. Or you can check him out at his website, rocketcitymortgageguy.com. And then if you need some swanky shirts like I got on right here and stuff like that, you go to Apparel Lab, so you can use promo code RELENTLESS, save 10% on those, check them out awesome people doing awesome work. They love helping out in the community as well. So hey, thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, I'm going to get you all those details that you need and uh, anything you need from us. I'm going to, I'd love to come volunteer and help out and can continue along the way with you. Okay. Well, thank you so much for helping us spread the goodness. Absolutely. Keep doing, keep fighting the good fight. Well, you have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Please rate, review, share, all that good stuff. Health of positivity. Get out there in the world. And you have a great day.